0: underpowered hour on this week's show we talk about yet another Land Rover used as a boat we dive deep into early Land Rover history and we talk about another imitation Land Rover the Skoda Trekka and now here's the show Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Stephen Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about my cars and what we're working on at the BarrisCollection.com or check us out on Instagram, at The Barris Collection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss.
1: Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the door that pops open around corners to Stephen's keyless entry. I'm the inadvertent tuck and roll of podcasting Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, this week
0: in the news, uh, one of your, I know, favorite topics in all of Land Rovering, bar nothing, people turning Land Rovers into boats. Oh, it's fabulous. I love it. I know that. it's uh, your favorite part of the Camel Trophy, your favorite part of the Dunsfold Collection, your favorite part of just generally turning
1: cars into boats. Uh, oh, this, this, the, the Gaydon uh, Collection oh, has yeah. a, a Defender with an outboard motor on it or something like that. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a long history of turning Landovers into boats. Yeah, because why not? It's the uh, you know the, the least rust-prone vehicle in the world. Uh, just dip that chassis in some salt water, and uh, you're good to go. The APGP, go. you know, there's there's so many amphibious Land Rovers. It's uh, it's great. It's yeah, great. it is.
0: It. it is great. Well, this is sort of a, a bit of a modification on that. So you've had uh, for a while people driving Land Rovers uh, around the world. Basically, as long as there's been Land Rovers, there's been someone driving them, you know, in some fashion kind of around the planet doing circles or half circles or whatever. And you've had people turning Land Rovers uh, into boats. Uh, again, for some reason, inexplicably, almost since the dawn of the Land Rover, people have wanted to turn it into a boat. Um, finally, finally, an expedition has taken those two elements and mashed them together in order to drive from London to New York City unassisted, 100% unassisted by any kind of boats or anything, which means both the English Channel, which is fine, And more importantly, the Bering Strait, uh, in a, uh, in a boat Land Rover, um, it sounds pretty interesting. It's called the Defender X London to New York uh, Challenge Expedition, whatever, and it is it's it's underway right now. They're uh, they're some, they're actually somewhere <laughs> sort of north of Russia right now. So yeah, this is not the best time maybe to be in the sort of Ukrainian region. Uh, but they are uh, they're trucking along, about to turn their Land Rover into a boat again. I guess it didn't sink in the English Channel because they've made it. You know, they've made it through St. Petersburg and they're they're up. Uh, they're it, up it has going.
1: like a pontoon. Um... Sort of arrangement, doesn't it? It's, yeah, it's almost like, like it's, the,
0: yeah, it's reminiscent of like the pontoon unit from the Camel Trophy, except that it doesn't appear that the car drives on top of it. It appears that somehow the pontoons are sort of mounted to it somehow. And they they brought those pontoons with them from London, so they've been with the you know I guess
1: a roof full of pontoons. Yeah, it's sort of the APGP sort of. I would yeah. for those of you that don't know, it's like the amphibious general purpose Land Rover. Yeah. Um, has like a, a a propeller on the prop shaft mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so when you hit a rock you yeah, you just knock the blades off the propeller. Completely
0: destroy the. Uh, I uh, I believe that they did some early testing on like a PTO style uh, prop uh, driven uh, propeller on this uh, car, but ultimately opted for outboard motors simply because they couldn't get up enough speed to overwhelm the the current wherever they were testing. It's like a so.
1: it's a pretty fine line between like driving your Land Rover onto a boat that's a pontoon and turning your Land Rover into a pontoon boat. Yeah, it also seems to me... What's the difference? Is that the fact that the Land Rover gets wet?
0: I guess that, if that, the Land Rover gets wet, then it's a the boat. Line? Yes, I guess that's <laughs> the line. Yeah, that's the line. I mean, I don't know about you. I would love to uh, chat with these folks in uh, more detail. Because it's, so,
1: really, it's not really a permanent modification to the vehicle.
0: No, I mean, it comes off and gets packed back up on the roof. Um, yeah. it, it just seems like for 99% of the trip, it's not a boat. And then for 1% of the trip, it is a boat. Um, it just I, seems,
1: I don't know, maybe you would send the boat stuff ahead. I don't know. For some reason, like, Land Rovers and water crossings have just, like, a wonderful history. Like, people yeah. are like, oh, I'm going to drive my car through this this body of water somehow mm-hmm. or floated mm-hmm. across or whatever i guess this yeah. is all the way back to covered wagons right where you would mm-hmm. cock the seams on your covered wagon and yep. like float it across the river floated across yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly, and, and yeah. so people have done that with land rovers there's uh there's uh several videos on youtube of people wrapping their land rover in like a thick heavy tarp mm-hmm. so they like drive their land rover a little bit into the water and then mm-hmm. they like drive it onto a A tarp, and then they wrap the tarp around the vehicle, and then they like float it across the river. It's crazy.
0: That sounds it's crazy. Great. We'll have to add that to your list of uh, of things to do with a tarp. Uh, the
1: uh, I'm we're uh, you, at one most of these versatile days, piece of expedition equipment is always a tarp.
0: One of these days we're gonna get the uh, we're gonna get the episodes of uh, Ike's uh, Tarp Tips. Uh, we're gonna get tarp those tips. up on uh, Tip Top Tarp Tips. Tip Top Tarp Tips. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I think I I don't know. I, Ike's convinced you can you can tow a car with a tarp. I, I think we should test it. I think that's that's something I'd like to see.
1: I have a I have a funny Land Rover boat story. Mm-hmm. So, I called a Canadian gentleman. uh mm-hmm. You should be familiar with yeah, him. uh I, You know all the Canadians. I um, do. I mean, so, of. he had a Landover advertised for sale. And uh, I decided to call about this Landover. And he, you know how he answered the phone? Mm. You know, there's a hockey game on, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's literally <laughs> how he answered the phone. And I was like, no, I didn't actually know that. I don't uh, follow hockey. And he's like, why are you calling, eh? And, uh, I said, well, I was calling about your Land Rover and he's like, well, why didn't you say that? Eh? <laughs> and, uh, so I, I explained that I was interested in the car and, yeah. and he told me all about it. But one of the, the interesting things that he told me about this car was that, um, it was a series one 86 inch. He said, mm-hmm. uh, he said, did you know that the roof is designed to be removed and made into a boat? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I swear, he was he was under the impression that it the was, that was the way it was designed. That's the way it was designed. Now, uh-huh. it, an, another great YouTube video is a guy that does that with his Land Rover roof. Oh. He makes his roof into a boat and like paddles around in a lake. Ah, oh, it is I deep tried- enough for a boat. Uh the, the roof is? Yeah. yeah, it displaces enough water. Enough water. Especially wow. the series one because yeah, the right. it doesn't have that cutaway for the rear door. For the rear door, right. It's straight across. So mm. it, it can be it can be made to float. So now, for that I, same
0: reason the Santana tops would be better for uh yeah. if you wanted a later series roof boat, yes, then you would want to you would want to ten you would want trend towards have, the Santana.
1: They even had fiberglass ones. Yo, that's true. Yeah. So if yeah. you wanted
0: a, a boat or a sweet toboggan, either toboggan. one. Toboggan. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Either one. But now mm-hmm. I tried to explain to this gentleman that the uh the roof didn't really do a good job of keeping rain out and so probably wouldn't make a good boat, but good. uh he 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 swore to me that he had seen it in a book somewhere.
0: It's all well and fine until somebody opens one of the tropical roof vents, and then <laughs> glug glug that's, glug. glug. <laughs> that's it. That was the last time they ever <laughs> saw that guy. That was it. Uh, he's now at the by, at the bottom of Lake Superior. So
1: the thing that leads bad. me to believe it wasn't ever d- intended to be a boat is that they drilled like four hundred holes in it for various yeah. rivets and yeah. There is ninety five thousand holes
0: in yeah. in the roof of any Land Rover. And uh yeah. Yeah, yeah and about twenty percent of them are watertight. So
1: no no, none of yeah. them are watertight. None of them are watertight. Maybe twenty
0: percent from the factory.
1: The yeah. the tropical roof, I'm convinced that the tropical roof was just a last ditch effort to further keep water out. <laughs> they just drilled more holes in that. It's, <laughs> it's like how can holes. a vehicle with two roofs on top of it? Yeah. Not, not still keep water lets out. so
0: much water inside. No, it's true. It's it is. Uh, it's one of those charming things about. I often before I got, I just threw out the roof, the uh, the fiberglass roof for the uh, the my defender for the ninety. Uh, I really did think about uh, taking it tobogganing because it it does seem like the ultimate like three man wide toboggan. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been great, but uh,
1: no, 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 those I things would have shattered. Those things a disintegrate like yeah. on their own just driving yeah. down the road. Those yeah. fiberglass hardtops, oh, terrible. Fantastic. Really top quality, uh, top quality. You so want a fiberglass shard all the way up your keister? Yeah. <laughs> 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 this
0: goes right through you into the next guy.
1: Yeah, really, uh, no, it's great, but you get
0: some great speed. You get some great speed until you hit any kind of a bump, and then it just explodes into a billion pieces. So it was worth it, though. It was worth it. Five minutes of ecstasy. Um, so uh, I knew, knew a new segment, an ongoing segment, maybe the theme of the entire show. I don't know. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit today about rover history. Yeah. Not Land Rover history, but uh, the the history that, that predates the Land Rover, uh, in that, uh, I think most people know the Land Rover was a product, uh, of the Rover company.
1: That's true. Yeah. No, the, uh, the Rover company obviously predates the, um, the Land Rover brand mm-hmm. and, uh, they made a lot of things before they made, uh, made four by wheel drive vehicles and, yeah. uh, they, you know, they made cars. A lot of people know they made mm-hmm. cars, but mm-hmm. really, what initially made them famous was bicycles.
0: Yeah, the bicycles. They have one at the British uh, Motor Heritage Museum. It's
1: very cool. They do. And I would very much like to be the owner of a Rover bicycle. So if any of our yeah. listeners have a line on a Rover bicycle, we want to hear about it. But oh, um, for sure. Yeah, uh, Mr. Starkley, who founded the Rover company, he designed the most and earliest commercially successful Mm -hmm. safety bicycle. And and for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, old bikes, you know, the really old bicycles were called bone shakers or penny farthings. And they had Mm -hmm. a huge wheel in the front and a tiny little wheel in the back. And that's because they had no gears. So as a one to one ratio, you turn the pedal and for every revolution, the wheel turned. Was it even possible to ride up a hill with uh, with one of those things? Yeah, but but not a very big hill. Yeah, and you had to be super super strong. And they were right. really dangerous because you were sitting like five feet off the ground, so your head yeah. was like ten feet off the ground or whatever. And if you fell off, you were liable to get really really you're badly hurt. You were gonna
0: die. You were gonna die. Helmets didn't exist at that point. Uh, and you were
1: the, sitting uh, over the front axle, so oh, if yeah. you hit something, oh. you know, you're liable to go over the handlebars, which is uh-huh. it's it's a big fall. How many fall of
0: those, those bikes does uh, Linus own? all of them yeah yeah i feel like he's on one right now i'm waiting probably. for him to roll by the window <laughs> behind you you know like yeah
1: he probably is uh but uh yeah so so this guy starkly came along and uh he was a little bit of a, a weenie he so he he didn't want to take these big risks and ride these big high wheel bicycles. he wasn't huge into head injuries like yeah he you wasn't know? huge yeah. into head. Injury. i don't know mm-hmm. why but mm-hmm. uh at any rate uh he designed this bicycle uh called the rover safety bicycle and mm-hmm. um had more evenly sized wheels. Mm-hmm. You can look at some pictures of them online. They're slightly different, but they're, they're much more similar in size than, than the uh, the penny-farthing bicycles that preceded them. Mm-hmm. So uh, you had a chain drive, and so you could have uh, a slower pace to mm-hmm. your pedaling, and uh, the, the, the vehicle's speed or the, the bicycle speed wasn't wholly dependent on the size of the wheel. Right. Because you had some some gear ratio there. And was that
0: the first time that there was like a, a chain-driven geared bicycle? Like had anything ever predated that?
1: There is a, a relatively obscure high-wheel bicycle called a Kangaroo. Ooh. And the Kangaroo... You still sat over the front wheel. It still had a very large wheel in the front and a a smaller rear wheel, but it's kind of that intermediate step Mm -hmm. between the safety bicycle and the high wheel bicycle. Mm -hmm. And the kangaroos did have uh, uh, gears, you know, Mm. and and they tried to bring the overall height of the bicycle down by doing that, but they didn't really have um, a widespread adoption. They were pretty expensive, Yeah. But uh, if you look up uh, like a kangaroo high wheel bicycle or something like that, you can see those bikes and they're uh, they're pretty interesting. They're kind of like the missing link. But that time period where those Mm -hmm. existed was so short. So the you know, they were they were making penny farthings and then the safety bicycle came out and those kangaroos were just like. Just mm. for a blip in time, you know mm-hmm. they didn't uh, didn't last very long.
0: The Beta Max of uh, of uh, bicycles,
1: yeah. So the Rover mm-hmm. bicycle took off, and uh, that's the Starkley company um, made the Rover safety bicycle, and it's so popular that they kind of uh, turned that into the Rover company. Mm-hmm. And the Rover company, you know, right about the turn of the century, decided that um, they were going to make um, they were going to make motorcycles. Mm-hmm. But even before this, they had started. To play with making cars, hmm. so uh, for those of you that are familiar, um, uh, Mr. Benz was working on cars over in Germany, yeah. and uh, he produced his uh, first car. I think it was unveiled in 1886, mm-hmm. and and Starkley was working on cars, and uh, he was building a car in 18. He built a car in 1888. Mm. And so very, very contemporary with Carl Benz, although not widely credited with being a, a real automotive pioneer, but he made an electric car in mm. 1888. And it, it's kind of the first electric car. And if you look at pictures of it, it's, it's kind of like a tricycle, like the Benz, yeah. you know, yeah. the first yeah. Benz car is mm-hmm. also a tricycle, but, uh, you know, you've got a motorized vehicle and his was electric. So is really obviously ahead of its the time. The Jeremy
0: Hart, uh, replica, uh, car. It's a very similar, very similar to that, the three wheel, uh, electric replica that, uh, that Jeremy, uh, Jeremy built. It's interesting that Rover uh, was building an electric car back then, but uh, can't can't build one now.
1: I mean, it's a chip shortage thing.
0: Yeah, chip shortage. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of chips back then. They've no got problem. them all
1: built. They've got them all built. They're just waiting on that just the little that chip more, to install. The little chip
0: that uh, that turns on that that lets the dome light fade out when you close the doors instead of just turning off.
1: Yeah, nobody wants that.
0: Yeah, you got to have that though. People expect it. Nobody
1: expected. Expect. So they, they built this electric car in 1888 and simultaneously they were obviously still building bicycles and they mm-hmm. were like, oh, we're going to make motorcycles too. So they made... Yeah, naturally. They made the Rover motorcycles and then they started like just right about the turn of the century they were starting to make cars. And the Rover motorcycle,
0: that would be like a moped style motorcycle, right? a motorized, motorized bicycle essentially, right?
1: You know, uh, a moped is distinguished by having bicycle pedals, right? Right. And so the 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 motorcycle, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was, it was in development simultaneously with mm-hmm. early bicycles. So right. at that time you didn't really have that distinction. So most right. motorcycles had, had, pedals had pedals as well, Yeah, yeah. Um, but there is a distinction between a motorized bicycle and that's mm-hmm. a, a bicycle that exists independently of its motor and, and motors could be added to it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, something that was designed to be motorized and ridden as a motor vehicle and had a pedal start. Right. And and so these I would qualify them as motorcycles out of that period style
0: motorcycles. Yeah. Yes, and mm-hmm.
1: and they didn't exist as a bicycle separately without ever having seen, a motor.
0: Uh, have you ever seen a Rover motorcycle?
1: Yeah, one of my friends has one, and mm. we did we did also I believe see one at the. Oh, was there at, one there? Oh,
0: yeah, maybe I, it escapes me, but uh, I remember seeing the mm-hmm. bicycle, but not the motor uh, bicycle.
1: Yeah, super cool. Yeah, super cool bikes. Um, really like them. I like uh, old motorcycles mm-hmm. anyway, so I've got a few old bikes and uh, love to have a Rover motorcycle. But uh, haven't haven't found. There's not too many of them around, believe it or not.
0: Yeah, well, you know, things from the early, uh, you know, uh, early 1900s, late 1800s. That's
1: you know, stuff. It's stuff. Tough. Tough. It's tough. stuff. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think this is this is interesting because a lot of people don't realize that Rover was really an innovative company. They were right. building stuff. And uh, making things, and and were really important to the development of the automotive industry in general. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of think, well, Land Rover still exists, and Rover right. kind of died out. But right. uh, there was a time when when Rover was really innovative, and making some really cool, really neat stuff. And and one of the things that they started to develop in the twenties was kind of like a an everyman's car. Mm-hmm. You know, they started to develop that in the late twenties, and they built um, a vehicle called the Scarab. Mm, and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that uh, are familiar with Volkswagens, uh, they were kind of getting that idea in Germany a little mm. bit, a little bit after this. You know, they were trying to do a a people's car, mm-hmm. and so um, amongst other things, yeah, but. amongst other things. So, but <laughs> yeah. they they looked at the Rover Company Scarab, mm. and the Rover Company Scarab is a really interesting car because it yeah. um, kind of uh, embodies a lot of these future looking elements. It has a rear engine. Mm-hmm. And it's air cooled. Mm-hmm. It has an independent suspension, has four seats. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's very similar in concept to what we would think of as the Beetle. The and if you look Beetle, at it, yeah. Yeah. if you look at it, it looks very much like a Beetle. And uh, the uh the the rumor or the legend is that uh Ferdinand Porsche either came over and looked at this car or sent Engineers to come check it out, and a lot of those ideas were incorporated into the Volkswagen. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's true.
0: He sent that guy with the uh, black coat and the uh, the black uh, priest hat from Indiana Jones over to to take a look at it. That's true. The guy whose face melts uh, at the end of the
1: film. That's that's actually why that happened. Yeah, yeah. He looked at the
0: he looked at the scarab and his face melted. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're gonna take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor. Speaking of uh, great innovations from the uh, Land Rover uh, company, some of the greatest ones are, of course, uh, innovations uh, that aren't innovations, but in fact, imitations. And so this week's uh, installment of uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Uh, our imitation Land Rover is one of my favorites, New Zealand's own Skoda Treka, the, uh, the tiny, nonsensical sheetmobile that looks an awful lot like a Series One Land Rover.
1: Oh man, the Skoda Trekker is uh, is definitely a copy of a Land Rover. You look at it, you're like, oh, you might you might mistake it for a Land Rover if you didn't see it closely or look at it closely. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit smaller than a Land Rover. It's a little bit narrower than a Land Rover. It has mm-hmm. a little bit smaller. It's just a it's a it's a little bit shittier in every way in that every the Skoda go Skoda Tracker. Now <laughs> the, it has a. Um, it it has a distinction of being the only vehicle to ever be designed and manufactured in New Zealand,
0: right? But, but was it really designed in New Zealand, or or did somebody just own a Land Rover in New Zealand?
1: I mean, it looks like a Land Rover, but underneath, it's way shittier. It's got a <laughs> it's got like a one liter engine or one point wow. two liter engine, really small, little tiny engine, and yeah. um, it's only two wheel drive. Oh, interesting. Yeah and uh it's it's just uh it's like a cartoon land rover it it's is kinda... it's it's reminiscent of the
0: shaun the sheep land rover a little bit it's got kind of shaun the sheep land rover proportions which makes sense because it may a, a sheep may have had a hand in designing uh the uh this go-to Treka. uh it's certainly one of my favorite Named Land Rovers, so far as, as oh, it's uh, cute. You
1: know. It's yeah. cute. It came in some like uh, cute little colors. They only made it, I think, from the late '60s and through the early '70s, and uh, it's it's very much of that period. And uh, it uh, it has a. a Dashboard with the, you know, the dials are in front of the driver instead mm-hmm. of uh, mm-hmm. instead of in instead the center. In yeah. the center. Yep. So it's a little bit more advanced in that way.
0: Did they ever but, make a left-hand drive? It almost looks as though the dash would allow for a left-hand drive, and then there's a cutout that looks to be about the same shape. Again, like the chimney, where either side doesn't matter.
1: Might have been an ambitious design feature. They were like, "Yeah, if this takes off, we could make a left-hand we'll drive version." It but to the United States. Mm-hmm. Never happened. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it does have a side
0: mounted uh, spare tire, which I think is interesting that, uh, you know, hanging the spare tire essentially above the like rear passenger wheel is is sort of an interesting idea. I mean, you don't have to go very far to get it, but it just seems as though it would make the, you know, that
1: turning on that side. That design feature is borrowed from the Jeep. Yeah. The Jeep has this like rear side-mounted spare tire, right? And so, but I it think is that they, recessed in the Jeep in the in the the, the, the nope. tub. No, it isn't. It is I not it was punched into on. the side of the tub. No, oh. you're mistaken. Hmm. Wrong. I don't as think that's a great. I don't think that's a
0: great. I don't think that's a great design.
1: It makes the vehicle wider. See, you're yeah, likely to catch concert. it on something. Yeah, it's not yeah. ideal. But yeah, the, I don't know. I think that started with the CJ5. Yeah. CG5.
0: The uh, but you can put the tire inside behind the bulkhead just like you can on a land rover you can mm-hmm. do many things about the car you can do just like uh just like land rover i don't take think you the top put the tire off. i think you put the tire on the on the hood though because the i don't think the hood would, would support the weight of a tire it's probably so not big, the it land rover hood barely out. does at any, at any, any rate, rate
1: uh ahead. you can remove the top they had a hot soft top a hard mm. top and a pickup cab oh nice pickup cab so just go to trek you need a skoda to pickup
0: and if you're a uh if you're if you're a, a a five-year-old uh you could use the roof as a boat that's a popular uh a popular option that's a, the entire car converts oh, into I a love, boat you just flip it upside down and put it in the water i don't good think to go. this one would make a boat i don't think so i mean yeah somebody i'm sure has tried it's an island i'm sure there's there's been somebody who's tried to to sail their skoda Trekker to australia or something that that's probably true. Yeah. That's probably true. The totally the
1: engine sense. is so small. It is ridiculous swimming in the engine compartment and it's a very small vehicle. Did it come in any color but like the sandy beige color? I think it came in sort of a a, a sickly puce. Oh yeah. And uh sort of a like a, a military drab green kind of color. You've oh, yeah. seen that one. I yeah, would it, it came uh do da- colors. I would
0: have a Skoda a I think in all cases, every car that we've come along uh, that has been an imitation lander with Gypsy, let's go to I would ha- I'd have them all. They look like a lot of fun, you know. They're yeah, dumb it's little fun to, fun to try something. Yeah, new. dumb little copy Land Rover cars. I uh, I think uh, you know we, we still get a lot of heat from the uh, from the Austin Gypsy uh, crowd uh, over uh, saying it's an imitation Land Rover. That's uh, you know I'm just saying we've, uh, we're not we're not making friends with this particular segment. But the uh, the Skoda Treca, uh, I don't know how big of a... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all three
1: of a guys too. that like Austin Gypsies are
0: mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> Someone posted a picture of an Austin Gypsy towing a Series 1 out of a a bog or something. And I said, There's no way to prove that that uh, Series 1 is just pulling that Austin Gypsy into the bog. No, yeah. no. Also, like, still- have
1: you ever have you ever pushed a vehicle and gotten it unstuck? Everybody has. Does that mean yeah. you're a better four wheel drive vehicle? No, no, it doesn't.
0: No, no, it doesn't mean anything. Doesn't
1: Sometimes mean anything. it just takes that extra, just that extra little bit. So,
0: yep. I mean, that's the thing. How many times have you been uh, have been uh, stuck in just a quick little, just a quick little tug on a rope and boop, you're out. That's all just it takes. A nudge. Just a little bit, just a little bit to over to overcome whatever's got you stuck. Well, uh, Ike, time for uh, to to loop around back to a segment. That has been uh, embarrassingly missing from our roster. Uh, everyone's, without question, favorite segment. Famous Land Rover owner of the week. It has been uh, all too long. Uh, we had to dust off the uh, the famous Land Rover owner of the week uh, mechanism, the uh, the uh, the giant wheel that uh, decides uh, uh, who will be the uh, famous Land Rover owner of the week. Uh, this week, uh, we have uh, we've gone to the machine and it has come back uh, with uh, one of your uh, personal favorites, and surprisingly, uh, surprisingly appropriate given the. Uh, you know sporting that is going on in the world uh, the uh, the winter olympics uh maria sharapova the tennis star of the 1990s 90, 2000s i don't know
1: what would you say i don't think she still plays um i couldn't say i don't uh, i don't know uh, much about this particular you person, don't follow the tennis you don't follow uh, professional tennis i feel like i should but i yeah. i don't know i'm 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 looking now, she's uh she's thirty five. So um yeah. Uh she's a, a tennis player and uh she's apparently six foot two. Wow. Six, Six foot, foot two,
0: Dennis player Maria Sharapova. Mm-hmm. So Maria Sharapova was the Land Rover sort of spokesperson, if you will. They, they usually like to pick a sporty someone or another. Uh, I think, you know, they've had Bear grills. They've had all kinds of different people uh, over the years. Uh, Lindsay uh, is, Vaughn is one of those spokespeople right now. I think they call them ambassadors now. Sure. Um, anyways, Maria Sharapova was that uh, ambassador during the launch of the original Freelander. Uh, John over at the uh, Center Steer Podcast, uh, his favorite uh, Land Rover, is, as we know, and uh, my favorite Land Rover now because of that. Um, it's, uh, she is the uh, proud owner, and I imagine Land Rover probably gifted this to her, of your favorite colored Land Rover of all time, the Tambora Orange Freelander, which I know is uh, is, is top of your list when it comes to favorite Land Rover colors and configurations. A Tambora Orange Freelander is pretty much tops.
1: I think Phil Phil has uh, three or four of those, doesn't he? No, I
0: guarantee you he does. Yeah, he has a a he has a, like a Pez dispenser of uh, of uh, Freelanders over there. It's amazing. Just sheds full of Freelanders as far as the eye can see. That guy loves a Freelander. Maybe Maria Sharapova's in there too. I haven't seen her in a while. I'm not sure if maybe she was donated to the collection along with her Tempor Orange uh, uh, Freelander. It's possible. I'm not
1: sure. Yeah, couldn't say. Um yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't know what kind of Land Rover that uh, she had, but um, Yeah, she
0: also later was the was the sort of ambassador around the Discovery 3 LR3 sort of time period, so had a silver uh Discovery 3 uh, in LR3 as well. Maria Shetypelva is a huge uh, huge Land Rover fan, I assume because Land Rover has paid her to be one. And uh <laughs> you know, who wouldn't it be? Who wouldn't yeah. be, given that, uh, you know, given that, uh, you know, given that. But, uh, yeah, so, anyways, I, I think there's a, uh, you know, there's uh, always room for more uh, famous Land Rover owners of the week. If uh, if anyone has a famous Land Rover owner of the week, that they would like us to do uh, the truly exhaustive research. And I think you can tell by our Maria Sharapova segment here that it is exactly that. Exhaustive research on the background of these uh, Land Rover owners. Uh, let us know. Drop us a uh, hit us on uh, instagram if you can you uh, know drop into our dms on the old insta and uh and let us know uh, send us a, a i don't know a tiktok do you send on tiktok i'm not sure how it works Liza deals with the tiktok so i don't know but uh send us a tiktok maybe i don't know to the the theme of your favorite uh encanto song i guess the kids are all over it, though. They love the TikTok. They love the TikTok. And, and by nature, so do I.
1: You know, all the words that you're saying, I understand, but in combination with one another, I don't understand them at all. at all. Yeah, doesn't
0: nope. make any goddamn sense
1: at all. Yeah, doesn't make any goddamn sense at all. Um,
0: well, Ike, as you know, we have a full stable, a full stable. Of videos, uh, almost every episode. Uh, we started doing video episodes uh, about episode 17, I think, 17 or 18. Uh, all of those videos are up on Her Majesty's YouTube. So you horrific. can. Uh, it is absolutely, it's a horror show. It's like watching yeah. a train wreck in slow motion. Uh, uh, Every week you can uh, you can show up, but uh, uh, if you'd like to uh, watch uh, Liza's eye rolls, uh, you know, in real time uh, on the, uh, you know, on the episodes that uh, I she's got, I got a notice doing.
1: that we've violated community standards for just. General just being there, just being
0: there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. Spotify has has warned us much like Joe Rogan that we are we're spreading a rampant misinformation um, by simply talking about, about Austin uh,
1: Gypsies. Yeah, about Austin
0: Gypsies. The the Austin Gypsies committee has uh, has launched a
1: complaint with Spotify. Those, and, those um, three guys, they're a powerful group.
0: Man, I'll tell you what, you know, they're, uh, the, you know, small, but numbers, but, but, uh, loud, mighty voices They, uh, <laughs> Jesus, don't piss off the Austin gypsy crowd, man. It's, uh, yeah, they're serious. They're serious about it. Um, we also have some super cool stuff coming to, uh, the underpowered hour store, some new t-shirts. We've got great, uh, decals or decals as a uh, decal. It doesn't even sound like a word. Just the weirdest pronunciation of that word. We've got stickers, uh, we got uh, decals, uh, we got decals, we got all kinds of things. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we still have plenty of those little notebooks. So if uh, you know, eh, we still have sold a grand total of zero notebooks. I gave one I like away. Those,
1: I like those little notebooks. Those things are really handy for keeping in your dashboard.
0: I like them too. I, I have more. Keep all track on of
1: your oil changes. Keep track of uh, you know, yeah, all the grifts. I. Th- I think they're really currently running. Yeah, exactly. Your, your your sports
0: book. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, fights what you've, who you've, uh, yeah, exactly. Who you've lent money to or who, you know, it's great.
1: It's, it's a really, you know, My grandpa used to say, if you never want to see someone again, loan them a hundred dollars.
0: There you go. You can keep track of it all in your own underpowered hour notebook. Uh, They're uh, available online, but plenty of them. And uh, like I said, Lots of fun new stuff coming in uh, the coming weeks, so uh, look out for that. We have uh, some, have first of all, have had a run of absolutely spectacular guests, I have to say. From the last few weeks of shows, uh, we have really, uh, you know, uh, we've really outdone ourselves uh, in tricking people into coming onto this show uh, and talking uh, to us. It has uh, really been remarkable, and we've got some uh, some fantastic folks coming up uh, on the show in the next few few weeks um i am going out to the desert for a uh, southern california rover club event uh coming up here shortly uh, by the time you listen to this i'll probably be back already or i'll be dead one of the two stay tuned to find out and uh again we're heading up to uh, oregon at some point in the near future uh yes. to spend some time at uh her majesty's pangolin four by four uh and we're gonna do some content there we're gonna do some shows live um you know maybe ike we could even do a hangout for those three people that listen to the show who are in oregon <laughs> it's gonna be great it's gonna be absolutely fantastic well at that ike it has been a pleasure Steven, hold up oh, hold up do oh. we
1: have time for the uh, nando's review today oh no we do not Damn it.
0: Uh, and uh with that uh that is the uh natural conclusion to the show again we apologize to uh, nandos for running out of time we will uh get to that in the future but ike as always it has been uh nothing uh, but a, a pleasure and i look forward to uh chatting with you again next week all right see you on the trail steven underpowered hour is produced by me steve ferris and ike goss pavel svartov composed and performed our theme music consider supporting the show on patreon and if you already do thank you your support makes the show possible for even more check out our instagram or facebook